Today I want to preach a message that is very practical, but yet very personal. You don't mind me sharing some personal things with you, do you? Okay, maybe you do. I said, you don't mind me sharing some personal things with you, do you? Amen. Because I believe, and I, I need you to know this, I am Michael Spencer before I am ever Pastor Spencer. I'm not going to heaven because I'm a pastor. I'm going to heaven because Michael Spencer made a decision March 13th, 1983, approximately 1131, that I was going to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior and that I was going to live for him the rest of my life. Now, how many of you know you're not perfect? But you can be. Amen. Praise the Lord. You can grow and not sin. You don't have to sin. Jesus broke the power of sin over your life. We have the right and the ability to live without sin as men and women. But our challenge is, how many of you have sinned after salvation? We all have sinned, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The fact is, is that this is a race, and that we are in this race to win, amen? And that means we've got to cross the finish line. And sometimes our challenges that we have in our lives are real and valid and actually challenge what we believe about who God is. You know, you need to know that God is not afraid for you to ask him questions. There are a lot of churches that teach you, you should never ask God the why question. I don't mind asking God the why question because he knows I'm thinking it anyways. If you're thinking it, then he already knows you might as well have said it. Amen. The scripture talks about this in the New Testament. The Bible says, as a man thinks, so he is. And the Bible also talks about out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you've already been thinking it, you're probably already going to speak it. Now, listen, now, I'm not saying you should speak everything you think. Say amen. Some of you need to stop saying everything you think. Say amen. Keep it between the ears. You save some people a lot of trouble in life and yourself as well. But today I want to talk about as we're changing forward, there are times in your life you're going to need a word from the Lord. Now I want you to recognize that is not just you and I preaching. That is not just you and I reading the Bible. There are times you need a word, a specific word from God for your life. Now the problem is, is that a lot of people don't listen to the word of God. They don't listen to the voice of God. Therefore, when trouble comes, they question God more than they get a word from God. Therefore, the Bible calls them shipwrecked. They'll get shipwrecked in their faith. There are times you must take the time to hear the word of the Lord in your life. Now, I love the fact that God planned it from the very beginning, that he was going to speak to us. You are not an angel. You are not an angel. All right, we're going to work on this this morning. I haven't been gone too long. We haven't done sections in a long time, have we? Keep it up. We'll do sections today. We're a Pentecostal church. Amen. God created us with the mindset that he wanted to talk to us, that he wanted to spend time with us. In fact, our verse for the year is found in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19. And it says this, listen carefully. That's the opening statement. 
listen, why would you listen to anybody if no one's talking? So in the simplicity of the verse, we know that God wants to speak to his children, that God wants to talk to you, that God has a word for you. And the necessity of getting a word from the Lord is extremely important because two people can be sitting together, two people can hear the same message, one can be moved and one not moved at all. One can generate faith, one it's nothing more than just wasted time within a seat. And the reason that happens is one receives the word of the Lord and one just looks at it as somebody else talking. I want you to know when God talks, he's better than E.F. Hutton. When God talks, you gotta listen. Can I hear an amen? And we need a word from the Lord because if we're gonna change forward, we don't want to change in our dimension. We want to change in his dimension. Listen carefully. I'm about to do a new thing. But if you're not listening, you're never going to hear. If you don't hear the word of the Lord, then it really doesn't matter. Truthfully, the majority of people, here's the averages, just to give them to you. 25% of your church on a Sunday morning are loving God, want God, are after God. 50% of the people at the church on a Sunday morning are there because they feel guilty if they're not. Somebody dragged them, and they're there, but they're not there. The last 25% don't want nothing to do with it, but they don't have a choice because somebody's, usually sometimes as teenagers, they just, they don't give them a choice. You're going to be there no matter what. Amen? I don't know, but I want to be the first 25%. I want all that God has for me. I'm not in this just to go to church. I'm not in this to get religious. I'm in this to know my God. And I've got to hear the word of the Lord because God's word is quick and powerful. God's word is life-giving. God's word is not just something that a man has spoken, but God himself has spoken. We've got to listen. The word of the Lord is not new. I'm just going to go through some verses with you, all right? Just to confirm it to you. And then I'm going to get to, as quickly as possible, the practical factor of what God has been doing in my life. The very first time we see the word of the Lord is God started with man giving the word of the Lord. Right off the beginning, Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 through 17, the Lord God took man and put him in the Garden of Eden and to, and to work it and to take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat it, you shall certainly die. So the word of the Lord is not only just encouragement, sometimes it's an awareness to be aware you see, God wants to keep you safe. When God is speaking to you, it's either to build you up or to protect you. When God is saying, don't do, it's not because he's trying to steal fun from you, but he's trying to keep you from causing yourself harm. He wants to keep you from wounding your life. He wants to keep you from causing yourself trouble. How many of you have caused most of your own trouble in life? How many of you could go back and change one of them? It would have changed a whole dimension of who you are. How many of you just sometimes called yourself stupid? You stupid. Noah also heard a word from the Lord. Thank God for that. Amen. You know, it says it right here in the book of Genesis chapter 6, verse 13. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. Now, I don't know about you. I, I'd pay attention. Listen carefully. 
that's a new thing, by the way. He had never flooded the earth. In fact, there had never been rain on the planet, even to that point. But God is saying, listen, Noah, listen, all this is nasty. This is going to change. I'm going to destroy everything on the earth and everything, even the earth, because of the violence and the, the nastiness that's here. But I love God because he very rarely ends with a, a, a rebuke. He usually ends it with an encouragement. And the word of the Lord says in Genesis chapter 9, verse 11, I will establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be destroyed by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood that, that, to destroy the earth. And to this day, it has never happened. Amen. The word of the Lord is yea and amen. The word of the Lord is sure and is set in order. Abraham also received the word of the Lord. Genesis chapter 12, 1 through 3. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land. I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I love this part. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, curse those who curse you, and all the people of the earth will be blessed through you. Joshua also received a word from the Lord. Now you got to know, man, I'm skipping all the rest because all the rest all had a word from the Lord too. You're going to notice when you study the success of men and women of God in the scripture, they always had their success because they heard a word from the Lord. You need to hear a word from the Lord. Some of you, God has been speaking to you and you are ignoring him. And, and if you continue to ignore him, what happens is his voice becomes more dull to your spiritual ear. We must become keen and respond quickly to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Can I hear an amen or oh my? So Joshua is staring at a real situation. He's staring at Jericho. The walls are so high you can't climb them. They're so wide that they can run two chariots across at the same time. The, the men in, of Jericho, the army, is mocking the children of Israel from the very top of it and saying, I, you can't win, you're losers. But God spoke something to Joshua as he's looking at the reality. This is what I want to talk to you about. God wants you, as you are looking at reality, to know that there's a word of the Lord that is above the reality of the things on this planet. And if you're not aware of that, then what's going to happen is the word of man will take more precedence than the word of the Lord. And when man's voice that is feeble at most takes a larger voice in your heart and your mind than the word of the Lord, then you are going to struggle because you're going to vacillate. You're never going to have victory because you're listening more to what's out here than what's in here. There's a need for the church to get a word from the Lord. Joshua 6, 1 and 2. Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go in or out. But the Lord said, shout it out loud, the Lord said, say it again, the Lord said, say it one more time, the Lord said. Now you need to know what that means. The owner made a declaration. When you own something, it is different from you renting it. When you own something, it's different from somebody just giving you a little bit of authority. When you are the owner, when you make the declaration, that's all that matters. Because once the owner has made the statement, you know, I've given things to people. Has anybody, don't raise your hand, has anybody ever given somebody something that was not yours to give? Like I said, don't raise your hand. You know that's a bad thing 
They come back. The owner comes back and says, uh, you know, I'm here to collect. And they said, oh, I gave it away. What do you mean you gave it away? You don't have the right to give it away. You don't have the authority to give it away. But you see, if you are the owner and you hand that to somebody, my wife and I love blessing people. We love to give things to them. And when we give them that, we have the right to do it. It is a pure blessing to both people because once you make the declaration as the owner, then it is done, it is seared, it is set. And you don't have to worry about anybody else coming back to you. Can I hear an amen or oh my? Listen, it'd be like you giving away your car, but you still own a loan. Bank comes back and says, you haven't made any payments. Well, I gave it away. (laughs) Can't give away what you don't own. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its kings, and all its strong warriors. You see, before the walls were ever down, Joshua had a word from the Lord. You must have a word from the Lord. You must have the voice of God stronger in your life than your own voice. You must have the voice of God stronger in your life than a doctor's voice. You must have the word of the Lord stronger in your life than the banker's voice. You must have the word of the Lord stronger than your relative's voice. You must have the word of the Lord stronger than your spouse's voice. You must have the word of the Lord stronger than anybody else because there's only one owner and his name is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Adonai. But when you give voice, to something that does not own the right to give it. You know, people love giving their opinions. You've heard me say this before. What makes you think your opinion has anything? You know, honestly, you're not the owner of that situation. Well, you know, if you want my opinion, I don't. (laughs) If I wanted your opinion, I'd ask for it. I didn't ask for it. You know, yesterday, where where were we? We were up in... uh, Sharon Springs, New York. So we left North Adams on the Harley that morning. I don't know. I think it was like 8.15. What a beautiful ride down Route 2. Amen. If you've never been on Route 2 in Massachusetts, it's a great route right up near New Hampshire. And, and so we're coming down the hill and we were going to meet uh, the grandchildren. And, and, and so we go into the parking lot. Uh, uh, we go into the parking lot and, and everything's good and everything's there. Um, and then we leave and we go down the road to get gasoline. And uh, I'm, I'm, Ron and I are going to take off. We're going to cut down through 81 get home a little quicker. And so this guy, he starts, I said to him, I said, you know, uh, how far is 81? And he goes, it's five miles. He said, and then he starts giving me his opinion. I only wanted the five miles. He starts telling me, you know, you got to be careful here and you got to be careful here and you, you got to watch out over here. And you, you know what? I like Ithaca, but Ithaca is, I don't care what you think about Ithaca. Listen now, that doesn't matter to me. Why do you think, why do we think our opinion matters so much? Listen, the only opinion that really matters is the opinion of God. The only statement that really matters is the statement of God. The only word that should hold the greater precedent in your life 
life is the word of the Lord. That's what moved Noah to build him an archiarchy out of gopher, gopher wood. That's what moved Abraham to leave the land that God, that he was born in and to go to a land that he had not even been to. That's what moved David. That's what moved Jesus. That's what moved the apostles. It's the word of the Lord that moves men and women. It's the word of the Lord that is stronger than any other voice. But if you listen to all the other voices, then you're going to have a lot of opinions. And an opinion that's against the word of God is an obtrusive and what's the word you use? A trespass. No, there's another word. No, there's another word. No, there's another word. Yeah. Any other opinion besides God's opinion is treason to the word of God. The word of the Lord is something that we must have. I've got to hustle. Jesus received the word of the Lord, John 12, 49. I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who has sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. The apostles, the apostles in the book of Acts. We know that the Bible says that once you're born again, Romans chapter 8, verse 14, these are the children of God who are led by the Spirit of God. The Holy Ghost who dwells inside of you gives you the direction because he is God and he knows your steps and your steps are ordered, not of you or an opinion or somebody else's statement, but the order comes from the Lord. But if you're never, never listening to the word of the Lord, you'll never listen, come on now, to the steps of the Lord. You know you're not listening to the steps when you're going around the same mountain over and over and over and over and over again. It's okay to make mistakes. Turn to someone and say, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to go around the mountain once. Amen? It's okay to go around the mountain twice. Amen? When you start going around the third time, you've got to ask yourself a simple question. Duh. When you're going around it for 40 years, that's what the children of Israel did. You got to know there's something missing. They aren't listening to the word of the Lord. They're listening to the word of man. The children of Israel missed the promised land of God, not because God, listen now, not because God didn't give it to them. They missed the promised land because they listened to their own voices. Listen, they didn't even listen to the giants in the land. They listened to their own voices, and the word that they had was larger than the word that God had. God said, I've given you Jericho, excuse me, I've given you the promised land, I've given you the giants, I've given you the land, it's the land of promise, and yet the mind of man said, we are nothing more than grasshoppers in their sight. The word of the Lord is what moves us. Now, if God is just marrying in the, in the heavens to earth, if we are agnostics, then hearing the word of the Lord means nothing to us. 
But when we are people of relationship, when we are the sons and daughters of God, when we are citizens of heaven, when we are the heirs of God and joint heirs of Jesus, when Jesus gives us the word of the Lord, it is living and vibrant and powerful. And we've got to literally see every other voice that is opposite of the word of God as treason. I'll take all two amens. We've got to take every word that comes down the pike that does not line up with the word of the Lord as trees into our life. I got two more. We've got to take the word of the Lord as the prominent, the preeminence in our lives and any other voice that comes down the pike, we have got to see. Come on now, whether it be your own voice, Come on now. Whether it be your friend's voice, come on now. Whether it be any other voice, if it's against the word of the Lord, it is treason to your faith. That right there, man, it takes something. Even to stand like that means you've got to stand in faith. And faith, come on now, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We've got to make a decision that my faith is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ. Come on now, my faith is built on nothing less than the words of God that come from the word of God. The disciples, Acts chapter 16, 16. Now Paul and Silas traveled throughout the region of Phygeria and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. You need a word from the Lord. I don't, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you got, what you don't got. I don't care what, what, where, where you've come from. I don't care what your lineage is. There comes a place in your walk with God, you have got to have your own personal word from the Lord. And if you don't get that, you're going to struggle. And I don't care if you've, I don't care if you've been serving Jesus 362 years. At some point in time, you're going to need a word from the Lord that comes from heaven. And if you don't know that, then you're going to rely on every other voice that is whispering in the winds that is not the Holy Ghost. You see, God wants to speak to you. Turn to somebody and say, God wants to talk to you. Tell somebody else, God wants to talk to you. Right online, come on, type it right in now. God wants to talk to you. God wants to talk to you with an audible voice. Listen, nah. My uncle was called into the ministry by the audible voice of God. He asked God never to do that again. <laughs> I'm okay if I never hear the audible voice of God. I've heard the voice of God loud enough in my spirit that I had to look around and see. Mm-hmm, you know that's loud. The Holy Spirit speaks to you with that still small voice. That's the number, one, of, one of the main ways that the Holy Ghost talks to you is your inner man, your spiritual man. Where does the Holy Ghost abide? He abides in your spiritual man. So what happens is when God starts to speak to you, you'll feel the voice of God in your spiritual man. And you'll say, well, you know what? I, I'm not smart enough to think that one up. I'm not smart enough to understand that one. That one had to be God. Or what you'll find is you can't shake it. 
The other way that God works and speaks is through the word of God, Amen. through preaching. Amen. There have been times I've sat in a service and I'm listening to the preacher and all of a sudden, boom, my spirit man stood up and said, that's for you. You could be the, you, there could be 5,000 people in the room, but that message was just yours. Has anybody ever heard that before? We were just talking to Dean this morning. He brought a guest at one point in time. She says, I got to stop coming because he looks right at me every time he preaches. And he, and he says, she feels, I feel guilty. And, and I'm not looking at anybody. Come on, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the clock because I know that's my problem. You're not. The word of God is the main way that he speaks to you. And that's why the enemy works so desperately to keep you out of the Bible. Now, there are people that have read the Bible 10, 15, 20 times that still don't have a word from the Lord. How is that possible that someone can read the Bible so often but never get a word from the Lord? I'll tell you why. Because they see it as logos word or the written word or just words on a paper and they don't see it for what it actually is. The word of God is not just some another, another, another holy writ. It is not just some other Bible, B-I-B-L-E. Listen now, the Bible is God's word speaking to you. It is called the rhema word. It is called the living word. Jesus said it in John 6. He said the words that I speak, they are spirit, pneuma, and life. We know that the word of God declares in 2 Corinthians that, that the, the letter of the law killeth, but the spirit giveth life. We know that as the spirit of God dwells in us, as we're reading the word of God, that literally it will jump off the page and start sucking your face. Has anybody ever had that happen? You've read a verse 10,000 times, but all of a sudden that word God made just for you. But if you're never in the Bible, don't worry about it. it will never, you'll never find it. See, the enemy's working desperately to keep you out of the scriptures. Well, I don't like to read. Who cares whether what you like? Uh, listen, now I'm going to get a little gross because that's just what I do. You ever potty train a child? You know, you go in, you teach the child to wipe. You teach them a second time, a third time, and you're figuring they gotta be getting the hang of this thing, right? All of a sudden you look in their drawers and there is a streak. And you say to yourself, self, I know I taught them. I didn't teach them to streak. I taught them to be clean. And time and time, listen now, if you're in your, if you're in your 50s and you're still streaking, there is an issue. It's never convenient to take care of business, especially when that I got to go now feeling comes on you. It's never convenient, but you take care of business because you know if you don't, you're going to get streak. People always say to me, they say, well, you know, I'm not, I don't like reading the Bible. I, I'm just, I'm not good at reading. Well, you know what? Take your time. 
Well, I don't have time to read the Bible. You're a liar. You choose other things more than you choose God. And you're going to steal the word of the Lord from your life. And what's going to end up happening is that you're going to, when you need a word from the Lord, you can't get a word from the Lord. Therefore, your faith is going to struggle. We need a word from the Lord. We need God to speak to us corporately and individually. Every year we come up with a theme. You think I just sit and down and go, boy, I wonder what somebody else is doing. No, man, I pray. God, where do you want to take us this year? What do you want to do for us this year? What, what do you want to speak to us this year? What is the message? Oh, God, what is the message for his Tabernacle Family Church? Lord Jesus, where do you want to bring your people? And when I get a word from the Lord, man, that's what we stick to. Why? Because I know changing forward. And you know what? You're starting to see that everywhere. Are we not starting to see it on the, we're starting to see it on, 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 uh, on, on advertising all over the place. They're stealing the word of the Lord. Stinkers. <laughs> but you've got to know when you're in a situation you don't need the Logos word. You need a rhema word. And let me tell you, when you don't get that rhema word, you struggle. Now I'm going to get personal. The very first time my wife was diagnosed with cancer, I remember sitting in the doctor's office and them saying to her, we're going to cut this, we're going to cut this. You'll never be the same again. You'll never be normal again. We walked out of that office and I looked at her and I said, let's pray. In the name of Jesus, we bind every word that came out of that doctor's mouth and we declare the word of the Lord over her body. We declare that by your stripes, she was healed. We declare that no sickness and no disease are allowed in her body. But watch now. The next doctor's report wasn't positive. The next doctor's report wasn't positive. And I started getting, I need a word from you, Jesus. And he spoke to me and he said, truth trumps facts. How many of you remember that series of messages? What you didn't know when I was preaching those messages is that we were going through this. You didn't know we were going through this, but I knew we were going through this, and that's the word that Lord shared with me. And if he shared it with me, he's going to share it with you. The truth trumps facts. It didn't matter what the truth was. It mattered, excuse me, it didn't matter what the facts was. It matters that the truth will make you free. And we started declaring the truth. We started speaking the truth. We started standing on the truth. And even though the facts, you can't deny facts, amen? I love the Christians who do this. It's not running down their nose. And, and, they, and you look at me and go, you got a cold? <laughs> nope. You're a liar. The God didn't call you to lie. God called you to declare the truth. Your, your tongue is as the pen of a ready writer. Stop parroting. Start declaring. Well, that word of the Lord stood with us. And I remember that, that time we went into the doctors and, and my wife said, one more test, doctor, before you do anything else. And he goes, okay. And he gave in. They did the one test, came back, no cancer in her body. Well, no, 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 hold on. And the doctor looked and called and said, I don't believe this. This is impossible that if you have cancer, you have cancer. It's just the way it is. And so I am going to poke you, prod you. I'm going to do whatever I've got to do. It's going to cause you a lot of pain, but I am going to prove that you still have it. 
And my wife said, do whatever you got to do. And they went in, they did, I think it was 13 biopsies, three per. And, and when everything was said and done, uh, then they sent it to Johns Hopkins because they still had a problem where they were because nothing came back. James, uh, the Hopkins Hospital came back, said there's no cancer. And boom, we got the testimony. She wrote the book, God Cannot Lie. You can get it out in the foyer. Great book. A year and a half went by, and all of a sudden, she went to the doctor over some female things. I thank God I'm not a woman. That's all I got to tell you. Man, women, I just respect you. I didn't say disrespect you. I respect you because, thank God I'm not a woman. First time you see a baby come out, you know you thank God you're not a woman. The second doctor, the, the, the second time we went to the doctor and the doctor looked at her and said, you have stage four cancer, uh, you are going to die in probably about two weeks. Now, you didn't know that. Why? Because I don't need your opinion. Amen. And I don't need you to placate. Amen. And I don't need you to pacify. And I don't need, listen now, I don't need someone to give me uh, their sympathy. I need faith. Amen. If someone tells you you're going to die in two weeks, you need faith. You don't need somebody's sympathy. Amen. Say amen or oh my. Amen. And so, man, the doctor said that. Miranda and I walked out, grabbed each other's hands, said, in the name of Jesus, we bind the devil's report, and we declare the truth of the Lord. And you know what? I even requoted truth trumps facts. But I want you to know that the word of the Lord you had for your last situation doesn't always apply to your new situation. And so if you're just getting one, you might be missing the whole thing that you need for the new. Yeah. Doctor's reports coming back all negative. Doctor's reports, they're saying this, they're saying that. She should have died four times in 2020. But God spoke to me last fall and he said this. Rest in the miracle. No, listen, I don't care who you are. What? What do you mean rest in the miracle? I see her in pain. You didn't see her in pain, did you? I see her in pain. I see the struggles we're going through. I see the late nights, worshiping at three o'clock in the morning because the pain is so bad, medication don't touch it, so we gotta praise it through. Yet something kept coming back to me. Rest in the miracle. What, God? What do you mean, rest in the miracle? Lord, that doesn't make sense to me. I could rest if everything is getting better and everything is perfect. But God, what do you mean, rest in the miracle? I had to get in the Bible. We're in, we listen, now we listen probably, and I don't think I'm exaggerating. We listen to the word of God. 98% of nights. So out of, out of 100 nights, we listen to the word of God, probably 98.9%. Seriously, the word of God is on all the time. Why? Because the word of God is quick and powerful and the sharper than the two-edged sword, appears in the divine and the soul, spirit, the bone of marrow, the discerner, the lot of the heart. The word of God is alive. The word of God is healing. Psalms 107. He said, I sent my word to heal you. Who's the word? Jesus. Yeah. So 
who are listening to the word, but you know, I still got that. I'm still getting this and everything's not coming out the way I want it to come out. You know, and everything's coming out perfect at that very moment. And I just don't understand. I said, God, I, I need you to give me another word. Lord, I know what you said. I know, I know what you said. Rest in the miracle. But God, what does that actually mean? We were listening. I put on Hebrews. Hebrews. Three o'clock in the morning. Ah, the Holy Ghost must have woke me up because I don't like waking up at three o'clock in the morning. And all I'm hearing is Hebrews 6. Well, you know, rock solid faith is built on Hebrews 6, 1 and 2. But this isn't Hebrews 6, 1 and 2. This is Hebrews 6, 15 through 20. And I started hearing it, and the Holy Spirit said, I want you to start studying that in the morning. Yes, sir. See, if you don't obey, you never get your word. It's not about how you feel. It's about your obedience. When you need a word from God, you've got to obey God. I said, when you need a word from God, you've got to obey God. Your opinion doesn't matter. Your feelings don't matter. Your pain don't matter. Your questions don't matter. I need to hear from God. Shut up! Listen. Listen, I said that to somebody right here. Because I heard you. Hear the word of the Lord. If you don't hear the word of God, you'll die. If you don't die physically, you'll die spiritually. That's why the word of the Lord is so important. The word of the Lord is so powerful because it's not the word of a man. It's the word of the owner. It's the word of the king. It's the word of the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. We've got to hear the word of the Lord. And I, I got up that morning and I started looking at it. And, and I, I'm just, I, I fell in love with this portion of scripture. And it says this, this is, then Abraham, verse 15, then Abraham waited patiently. And he received what God promised. And God says, I want you to look up the word patient. Do you know what it means? In the Greek, it means in the midst of it, not being moved in any direction emotionally. Listen now, that's real. That's the rubber hitting the road right there, baby. Because when the doctor tells you something, and it's fact, but you got the truth. Come on now. And the word of the Lord tells you to rest in the miracle. And now you start reading the scripture that he tells you to read. This is the word of the Lord to me. And, and he said, it says, Abraham waited patiently. I mean, don't get moved emotionally during the whole thing. Don't give up. Don't step back. Don't change the confession of God in your mouth. You've got to make a decision that God's word is higher than any other word in your life. Amen. I love this. Now, when the people took an oath, take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold it to them. And without any question, that oath is binding. God also bound himself with an oath. Man, when I started digging this thing, man, this, this thing is rich. Here we go. 
God bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. My daddy taught me this. If you shake a man's hand, your word is your bond. If your handshake ain't worth nothing, neither are you. It's my daddy taught me. These days, man, you get someone to sign a contract, don't mean they're going to follow through with it. Come on now. God is not a man that he should lie. And this is this powerful. God did not just make a promise. That's all he had to do. He's God. He had to say, listen, this is my covenant with you, that, that people can be saved, the blood of Jesus, that people will be healed by the body of Jesus, that you will prosper and be in a good health even as your soul prospers. And, and Jesus paid for all of that. That's the covenant. That's the promise. That's what it means, New Testament. That is the new covenant of God with the believers. But he didn't, listen now, he didn't just do that. And this is what he showed me. He said, he said I didn't just give you a promise. I then took an oath. What? The oath was something so powerful in the days of the old days. Come on now. That if a person broke an oath, they died. It was so serious that if you broke your oath, not that you broke your promise, but if you broke your oath, if you broke your oath, then you would be executed because that was un unacceptable and unavailable. You would die if you broke your oath. And God says this, I'm going to do this for you. I'm not only going to give you a promise, but now I'm going to take an oath on myself that says that if I said it, I cannot lie. This cannot change. It doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter what people do. Rest in the miracle means I believe that God can't lie. I believe that God not only made a promise to us, but he took an oath. And if heaven took an oath, then heaven can't lie. And if heaven can't lie, then it doesn't matter what the doctors have said. It doesn't matter what the facts are. It matters what the word of the Lord is. It matters that she will live and not die. It means that no matter what comes down the pike, listen now, four times last year, she's still standing and getting better and better and better. Why? Because we refused. We refused to relinquish the word of the Lord. I'm telling you right now, people die early before their time because they relinquish the word of the Lord. We've got to make decisions in our lives. Whose voice is the loudest to you? Whose voice is the strongest to you? Because if you're going to move forward, I don't want to move forward and move wrong. I want to move forward and do the will of God. Because God's will means I'm going to be blessed and not cursed. Can I hear an amen? amen. So I've got to make a decision. Whose word is more powerful? Some of you need a word from God. And it's not that you're dying, but you're dying inside. Can't tell you how many people I've watched walk away from Jesus. They once served God with, I mean, they had true, genuine transformation. Undeniable. But somebody else's voices got stronger in their head than, than God himself. And they started exchanging God's word for their own word. 
Last I knew you weren't God. Last I knew you can't heal a wing on a fly. Last I knew you didn't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You're only hoping. But I serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And when God gives a word, his word is sure. And when his word backs up his word, come on now, that's not just a promise. That's an oath. And so how can I rest in a miracle? Well, because God can't lie. And I refuse to call him one. Some of you have called God a liar, not by your words, but by your actions. You'd rather serve what you can see, touch, hear, smell, and taste than serve the God that created all of it. You serve the creation rather than serving the creator. And at some point in time, you've got to make a decision that no words, no corrupt communication is going to come out of my mouth. Galatians. What's the corrupt communication? Anything that violates the word of God. We watched a movie the other day when we were at the hotel. It wasn't a bad movie. It wasn't sexual or anything like that, but man, I just still don't get how they can string the F words in so many unique manners. <laughs> and I didn't even tell her this. But we got on the motorcycle. I think, no, I think we were going bowling. And I think that was, yeah, that was the context. Went going bowling. And when I was a kid, when you went bowling, you went going to hell anyways. But uh, that's a whole different story. And the Holy Spirit said, why did you allow that language in your life? Now listen now, when you're, in a when you're in community, you don't have that choice. But when you turn on the tube, you do. He said, I don't want you to listen to that stuff anymore. I like movies. I'm a movie guy. But I know this. I can't watch those movies anymore. Because I'm not going to allow those words to come into my life anymore. Because God spoke to me. He didn't show up in bunny shoes. I didn't hear an audible voice. But that inner still voice of the Holy Ghost said, no, okay. Some of you are doing things God convicted you of years and years and years and years and years ago. And you left them and now you've gone back to them. And you wonder why you don't even have a desire to be in the house of the Lord? Because God's word is no longer important to you. You feel a level of obligation, but no level of obedience. It costs something to serve Jesus. It'll cost you your life. If you give it, you get it back. If you keep it, you get to keep it in the lake of fire. Today, you need a word from the Lord. I don't know what that is. I don't know why. God, you know, I was, I think I was on route two when God gave me this word. I kept asking, what do you want to tell the people this morning? What do you want to tell them, Jesus? What do you want them to hear? He said, I want, I want you to tell them your story about me telling you the word of the Lord. Because I have people that need a word from the Lord. They, they need me to speak to them, but they're not listening to me. They've turned me off. My voice is no longer preeminent in their life. Can we pray together? Pray right out loud with me. Jesus, 
Oh, come on now, I, I, listen, I, that was like five people saying that. Say it out loud with me together. Jesus, come on now, I said everybody. Everybody. Well, I just want to do it in my head. No, I didn't ask you to do it in your head. Well, you can't tell me what to do. Like I said, if you can't obey one you can see, then how will you ever obey one you cannot? Pray right out loud. Jesus, I thank you that you love me. Right now, I ask you to forgive me. You know my heart. You know my life. I ask you to forgive me for making any other voice, even my own, more important than yours. I repent from it. I turn from it. I turn to you. Circumstances are not the voice. Problems are not the voice. You are the voice. The Word is the voice. I need a word from you. Speak to my heart, Holy Ghost. Direct me that I will follow you clearly with blessing. In Jesus' name. Amen. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Today, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, hear the voice of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. Unless a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. That it is not by works, lest any man should boast. But by grace are you saved through faith. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you believe in your heart that God raised him to the dead, you shall be saved today. If you do not know Jesus, hear the word of the Lord. You need to call on Christ to be saved. Today, if you'd like to receive Jesus as your Savior, I'm not asking you to join the church, not asking you to join religion. I want you to know Jesus. If that's you this morning, I'd like you to slide your hand up this morning. Thank you, ma'am. Amen. Anybody else this morning want Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior? I'm not going to wait long. Thank you, little boy. I see your hand. Proud of you. Anybody else? Come on, I'm not going to wait long. Five, four, come on, get your hand up. Thank you, sir. I've been waiting for your hand. God's been speaking to you all service. Three, come on, get your hand up. Two, come on, don't wait, don't wait, don't wait. Last call. And, come on. And there's two, two more. There's two more in the room. One of you have already been saved, walked with God, and walked away from the Lord. And you know if you died today, you wouldn't go to heaven. Three. Get your hand up. Two. Thank you, sir. And one. Let's all stand to our feet this morning. Jesus, in your name, you gave me this to speak to your people. I pray, God, that you will speak to them this week as they call on your name. I pray, God, that they will hear your voice clearly through your word and through the still, small voice of the Holy Ghost. God, be the hound of heaven this week for us as we're changing forward to be more like you. Convict us of sin. Show us where to turn, what to do, how to decide. Convict us, O oh God, when we speak of violence against your scripture. That we will walk according to your word in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you raise your hand for salvation, Mindy's right here. Mindy, if you'll wave at everybody. 
Mindy's right here. And um, if you raise your hand for salvation, or maybe you didn't, but you know you need to get right, I want you to make your way up to Mindy right now. Everyone else, we love you. Oh my goodness, I don't know about you. I'm blessed by that word. I'm, I'm going to preach it again one more time. Amen. I'm going to preach it second service. And you know, I'm not going to feel bad about that. I'm going to enjoy myself. Why? Because this is reminding me I need a word from the Lord just like you need a word from the Lord. Be blessed, serve God with all of your heart. Make sure you lead at least one soul to Jesus this week. If you raise your hand for salvation, please come right out of your seat. Meet Mindy right up front.